inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men Podcast. Today's guest is well known both for his professional musicianship, leading us at the C3 Church, and also for his international reputation as a music producer and mix engineer. But today it's not his music we're talking about, it's his body and his motivation. Baron Hosking hails from Melbourne, Australia, and has Maltese ancestry, which apparently means we allow him to live here in the UK. He has a sister in New York and a brother back home in Oz. Since moving to London in 2012, Baron developed a musical career, including leading worship at Hillsong, as well as recording vocals for Russian football anthems. Gosh, wow. He's played at some notable venues, including Wembley, The O2, Excel, and Chelsea Football Club, and has been vocal performance and music producer on various Australian and UK TV shows, such as Stage School and South Side Story. Whilst eating a burger at Five Guys, he got talking about coffee and socks with a hot babe called Amy. They became Facebook friends in 2014, he proposed to a year later in Hawaii, and they married in 2016. Amy is skilled at making people look stunning, which explains why Byron is such a stud. She doesn't just do hair and makeup for weddings, she does it for cover photos for wedding magazines. Byron has performed miracles, back in 2014 raising his MacBook Pro from two months' death simply by praying. Seriously, it's a true story. Wow. He's a father to three sons, two born in 2019 and 2023, and then there's Harry the dog. Welcome to wow. the podcast, Byron. Wow, I'm 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 crying of laughter over here because that is like a proper deep dive into my digital history that you have found. Well done. You should be a, um, a historian of some kind. A sleuth. That's um, or, or or maybe you're just a really good stalker. That's a, that's a really. Yeah, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Worrying. Um, so we always start off with three quick fire questions to get to know our guests a bit more. So first up, uh, given we've just had one, where would you rather be for Christmas? Bondi Beach or Baltic Britain? Ooh, no, uh, beach beach is definitely the one. I wouldn't say Bondi Beach. Um, being from, I'm going to correct your pronunciation, Melbourne, not Melbourne. Um, sorry, we're, we're you know Melbourne. Um, being from Melbourne, I would say uh, close to where my parents live down on the Mornington Peninsula. All right, uh, would be okay. would be the beach of choice. Good recommendation. Yeah. Um, Next question, what don't you keep in your fridge? Because you know if it was there, Ooh. you'd feel guilty for eating it or drinking it. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't feel guilty. Like, I would just say chocolate would probably be the Achilles heel. Mm. Um, I'm not opposed to having it there, but I know if it was there all the time, it would be consumed all the time. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, describe your job in words a five-year-old would understand. I sing songs for Jesus. Perfect. That's so easy. <laughs> All right. So to get to that introduction, as you said, I did a fair amount of stalking and social media research on you, but I didn't find a lot of photos of Byron going to the gym, Byron working out, Byron eating protein shakes or anything like that. So is your interest in fitness a recent thing? Yeah, well, um, I would say it has become a recent passion. I guess I, I want to preface this like with as well that this is just my experience. I'm not a, a health professional. I'm not a I'm not a personal trainer. Mm. I'm not a nutritionist. Um, but I have been affected by professionals in the field of those. And so um, 
anything I say today is based more on my experience and how that's had an effect on me. And so I think my my passion for an interest in fitness, I, I guess it developed uh, shortly after I, I got married. Um, and in, in the lead up to that, I'd always had like a bit of a an interest in sports or, or personal fitness. But I guess when I got married uh, and and what guys can often do is they they get fit in the lead up to their wedding mm-hmm. uh, and they slim down and then they get married and they just like pack it back on kind of thing. Yeah. We're, we're married and now. So exactly. You've got no one else to impress. Um, and so I allowed you know my, myself to you know just put on a little bit of weight and what I soon discovered is that my snoring was actually quite horrendous um, I didn't know I snored really badly mm. because I mean I you know we we had separate beds in, up until marriage um, and so then coming together I actually kept her awake for about the first six months of our marriage wow. um, and and so that was quite intense and and I literally like she wouldn't mind me sharing this it actually put her in hospital. Um, for for a season of just sleep deprivation and mm. the effect that that has on the body, um, and so it was like okay, this I need to actually do my part and and figure out what is wrong. And so I went to the doctors, I went and mm. had tests. Um, I, I spent you know, six months trying to figure out what the problem was with why I snored horrendously. Um, in that kind of time frame as well, the the apartment that we were living in, uh, a gym opened up down the bottom, and I was like, I'd never been a gym guy before, and I was like, oh, gyms are for people who are obsessed with their look or they're obsessed with their muscles and things like that. that's not for me. Ended up kind of biting the bullet and be like, look, I'm going to try this and see see if I like it. Um, so I started a membership at this gym. It was really close to home, so I had no excuse for not going. Uh, and in that gym, you know, they did group classes and I, I, you know, like a bit of competition. And so doing the group class was a good motivator for me to, you know, actually get involved with it. And then I, I guess gradually, like, uh, I met a guy who did some personal training for mm-hmm. me and, and that kind of just like started to, to build a bit of like, Hey, I feel really good when I, once I've done a workout, I actually feel good. Like once you get past that kind of initial soreness that you often feel when you haven't done any strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get past that, you're actually, I feel energized by this and I feel good about it. And as a result, you know, of of consistency over time, uh, I I lost weight. And as a result of that, my snoring went away. Mm. And so it was this thing of like, what was actually happening is the extra weight I would carry, um, would create a sleep apnea Mm -hmm. and I would, you know, stop breathing for periods of the night and Mm. then like making awful sounds. Sorry, listeners. Um, (laughs) And and waking up in the night and, and and then like I said, keeping my wife awake. And so this um this I guess this passion for fitness came out of a necessity to change something about my mm. life, um, for the quality of my relationship, the quality of my marriage. Mm. Um So so Amy not only got a hunk, she got to, <laughs> she got to sleep as well. Yes. Well <laughs> and now we have two kids, so the sleep at the moment <laughs> is non existent, but we pray that that will resume soon. And did, did you relapse a little bit during COVID? Did you mention that? Yeah. I so I think probably like a lot of people, the the lockdown pounds kinda came along. Um even when the only thing you're allowed to do in the day is exercise, that you you know, often you negate it. Um and so I think the coupling like inactivity and and just like not particularly watching what I was eating mm. um I did manage to stack back on some weight and and for my height you know I'm about 181 centimeters um I ended up getting up to about 94 kilos which for me like a, a good healthy weight for me should be around like the 82 83 mark um 
And so eventually um, the snoring came back. And as a result of that, I found I was sleeping on the couch more, um, <laughs> getting kicked out of the bed, you know, all mm. this stuff that's not good for a relationship. And Amy, my wife said to me, you didn't snore when you were fit. This is back, mm. you know, back in London when I first got fit. Mm -hmm. um, she was like, you didn't snore when you were fit. I think you need to go and do something about it. Mm. And um, there was a place uh, that was just up the road in, in another village where we live now in Cambridge, um, in Willingham, called the Barn Boot Camp. And uh, it was they were just started up their business and they were doing outdoor sessions during lockdown. And so it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm going to um, put some of Boris's money to use uh, that he had uh, mm -hmm. generously given me as a partly self-employed person. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this six-week challenge. And I got involved and did the six-week challenge and, and rediscovered that passion and, and that enjoyment of actually doing something active and, and started to see the results come off and then eventually continued on with, with the barn. Yep. Um, and then I'd say over a period of six months, I managed to drop 20 kilos wow. of weight. Fantastic. Yeah. We'll, we'll put a little link to the barn and uh, you'll find a little um, video from, uh, from Baron in there. So yeah. uh, be sure to go and look that up after this. So before we get into fitness and exercise and things, um, this podcast is created for Ascend Men, which is a faith-based group of guys. So first of all, I'd like to just touch on the overlap between fitness and faith. Yeah. And uh, one, of, one of our Ascend brothers asked this. He, he was saying that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So if we're looking after them, does that make them a better place for the Holy Spirit to hang out? In other words, how does training and fitness help us in our spiritual life? Mm. I mean, how deep on the theology could we go there? I, I probably wouldn't go as far as to say is being fit makes you more fit for the Holy Spirit because everybody, you know, the Holy Spirit is a gift that is available to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, you know, purely on a physical front, that God has given us these bodies um, as the only vehicle that we have to live out the, you know, some 80 plus years, if we're lucky, mm -hmm. um, of our lives on the earth. And so he's actually given us these as a gift and we're called to steward, um, the gift that he has given us. Mm. And so my, my philosophy on it is like, you know, do I want to trash the gift of God that he's given to me or do I want to look after it? Um, do I want to steward it well? Cause I know that if I steward it well, through, uh, through things like regular exercise and activity yep. and, and being mindful of what is consumed, then I'm going to have a, a, a higher quality of life and longevity. Yep. Um, and therefore, if I feel strong in my body, this is, this is just for me, but if I feel strong in my body, I feel strong in my mind. If I feel strong in my mind, I have better relationships. Yeah. When I have better yeah. relationships, I feel good. When I feel good, I want to draw closer to God more. Yeah. And so there's it's this a big, cycle. there's a big knock-on effect, I think. Yeah. Another question from actually from the same person. So quote, quoting a verse from the Bible, Colossians three seventeen, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so where he's coming from with this was around uh, prayer, and mm. should we pray about? our fitness and our activities and and if we do what does the training prayer sound like What's, you know? well i don't i don't know if um i don't know if you can just pray the weight away kind of thing i think that's something that uh you know you, yeah. can, you can pray all you want for that but unless yeah. you get off the couch it's not happening yeah. um yeah I, I think that doing everything unto the lord as an act of worship is is a great philosophy to mm. live by because you can you know, you serve your family well when you go to work and you make an income and that's serving your family. Yeah. And that can be an act of worship. 
um, you know, not just the the songs and the Sunday services that we do, but every single act of our life. And and I think, you know, um, talks in, in Romans about honor, honor God with your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's not just down to the, um, you know, call it sin management of honoring God with the body of the choices that you make in your um, purity and, and various things like that. But I think that comes down to honoring God with the choices you make with your consumption yeah. as well. Yeah, great. Um, so one of our guys uh, is keen to lose weight and build his fitness, great. but he admits to making the classic New Year resolution of signing up with a gym, employing a fitness instructor, and then seeing it all fall apart. By Easter, yeah, quitting because things just don't change that quickly. Uh, so I did a bit of research on this. Twelve percent of new gym memberships start in January, yep. And of those new starters, the quitting rates are four percent by the end of January, fourteen percent by the end of February, and a whopping eighty percent by the end of May. Wow. So, so the question is, what's the secret to keeping it going? Yeah. Well, for me, it was finding something that I enjoyed doing. Mm. Um, when I, 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 like I said, I found the group classes um, really motivating because you're, you're working alongside other people and it's not necessarily competition. The only competition you have is yourself in that environment, really. You're just trying to do better mm-hmm. each time you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but the great motivator was actually found in the community and people encouraging each other in their journey. Um, and, and working together in those group classes. Mm. And so that for me was a real motivator. And so I found something that I loved doing. Um, now going to a gym or or getting really sweaty, it might not be something that everybody loves to do. And, and, and maybe, or, or even people might not feel confident um, to do that. If, if somebody is overweight, they might feel, you know, like, oh, people are going to judge me if I, if I come into a space like that. Um, and so I think it's finding something that, one that you're capable of committing to over a long period of time. Um, I read a great book a little while ago called The Compound Effect mm. um, by by Darren Hardy. Um, and it basically talks about like consistency, um, consistent choices over a long period of time mm. will add up to a massive result in the future. Mm. And if you think about um, weight loss and, and fitness and potentially, you know, if you're, if you're overweight, you may have spent like 10 years getting yourself to a place of being out of shape and being overweight. Um, so why would you expect it to fix in a four month period of time? Um, so there's a, there's a certain amount of longevity that is required for that. I think, you know, if, if people can find a way to just get moving more, whether it be like a a decent long walk or getting up a little bit earlier and and going for a a, a jog or just making that consistent choice, just making a, a habit, making a daily habit, um, and building habits can be, you know, can be a struggle within itself and breaking bad habits as well. It kind of goes hand in hand, but you know, this is the, the day and age that we live in now, you know, we've never been more inactive in our history, right? You know, we have desk jobs. Yeah. Um, we have devices that keep us bound to, to desks. Um, we, we rarely have jobs that have a lot of activity. If you think back in the day before computers, before desks, before this, all jobs were very physical. All jobs are very active before cars. People had to walk, um, to, to their destinations. And so there was, and even down to the food industry of the day as well, like there's a lot more kind of organic produce happening. Whereas today our stuff is, you know, chemicaled up the wazoo, you know, all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And so we we're at a disadvantage really in this day and age 
of of how to stay well, how to stay fit, how to stay healthy. Um, but making making that choice on a daily basis, and and for me, like I can only talk about my own experience, is that I had I had a significant motivator in terms of getting my healthy sleep, healthy marriage, healthy relationship as a result of trying to get rid of snoring. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It sounds trivial, but yeah. it was it was the reality. Um, that was my big key motivator. You've got to find a why. You have to have a reason mm. why. Yeah, so you talk then about um, breaking bad habits and making new good habits. Mm. Uh, and I think you're a bit of a fan of the James Clear Atomic Habits sure. thing as well. Yep. Um, so I'm just thinking, you know, does that apply easily to fitness as well? I mean, he's got this kind of cue, craving, response, reward cycle. Yeah. Yep. Um, I take you've changed that in some of the things that you do, that cycle. Definitely. I think now the the thought of, you know, going to the gym excites me. Mm. You know, it doesn't... Um, doesn't deflate me or, or or I don't like dread that feeling. And in fact, if I don't go to the gym um, or do something active, I actually kind of get like more irritable now. Yep. So I've kind of gone the opposite way. Yep. Um, but I think, you know, the, the James Clear stuff is like, you know, make it obvious, make it easy, yep. make it simple. Yep. Um, so what can you do to make <laughs> things obvious? You know, maybe it's laying your gym clothes out the night before and then you're like, well, when you wake up, those are there. And that's your cue. Mm. And that's your motivator. It could be something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think what a lot of people do is they, they make the mistake of going into a gym space um, and ha- have this aspiration to to lose weight or to get strong or whatever it might be. And like because that doesn't happen in um, four weeks, yep. that's why they quit because they don't see the results, but yep. results take a long, long time. And that's what this compound effect is. It's consistency over time will add up to a great result in yeah. the future. Yeah. And one, one of the things he talks about is forget goals and focus on the system. And I guess yeah. that's what you're saying there is don't, don't fo- focus on losing X kilograms, mm. focus on the system of going to the gym consistently yeah. and looking after your body yeah. and thinking about what you put into it and the benefit that 10 kilos or whatever you need to lose will happen. Yeah. That, that it doesn't need to be the goal. Absolutely. And I think with with fitness and, you know, let's just talk about weight loss. I think people overcomplicate it um, massively. They, they think they have to do all these different things yeah. to lose weight. When the reality is, it's like, it's just getting your nutrition right, it, it, getting your consumption right. Because, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of theories out there. There's a lot of fitness influencers that are going to feed people a bunch of garbage, literally like through their social media because they want to sell you a product. Um, the reality is it's like a calorie deficit is the only thing that helps to lose fat. Um, if you are putting in more energy through food than you are expending through movement, you are going to gain weight. Mm-hmm. That's that's the scientific reality mm-hmm. of it. But if you are able to move more and expend more calories, expend more energy throughout your day, through the, be through movement, um, through fidgeting, mm. through active daily exercise, um, and able to consume less than what your active output is, a calorie deficit, you will lose weight. And so this is why people lose weight in comas. Mm. You know, you, you, people, you could be in a coma because your body is still internally yep. processing a lot of different things. So you are actively burning calories at every yep. single part of the day. It's just that people top up their calorie meterage too much um, for what their actual expenditure is. And that's where weight gain happens. So I love that equation. And I use it in next week's episode 
where I talk to a nutritionist and I start off by using that equation yeah. of what we put in and what we take out yeah. as uh, as kind of a bit of a, a key to that introduction. So come back next week for that. Yeah, nice. Um, so let's talk about death. Um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> moving on swiftly, we know that smoking and diabetes increase the risk of premature death. Um, but uh, according to a study in The Lancet, not getting some form of physical activity, i.e. being sedentary, mm. uh, causes more deaths than either of those. Wow. And researchers found that unfit people were at a 500% increased risk of dying early. So there's lots of government support for helping people quit smoking mm. uh, or maybe eat better and not get... Uh, diabetes mm. or deal with their diabetes but i'm curious like what more could we government society be doing yeah to get people just to be more physical do more stuff it's a great question i think whoever can answer that would be the million pound man after that i i think it's it's interesting what we are fed as a society and i could be dangerously going down the rabbit hole here but you know when it was when it was covid and lockdowns and um, everything that was happening in, in that time, thank God we're kind of on the other side of that. Um, but there was never one single piece of media or government speech that I heard that ever said, um, go and, and do something, you know, physically mm -hmm. active and look after yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, it was all like, stay inside, don't, you know, and, and I realized that there, there were dangers at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, my thing is like, okay, there, there's a greater problem than j here than just having a, a jab to make something go away. Mm. You know, there, there's a whole health, there's a whole lifetime of longevity that's when we take into account our health of when we actually, of what we're putting into our body and what we're actually expending as far as energy goes. And so I have often found that, you know, I'm going to uh, use myself as the example again, um, it's cold and flu season mm -hmm. at the moment, right? And it can be really easy to, um, you know, start to feel something. For me, I, you know, I, I start to get the tickle in my throat and that's when I know that, you know, oh, I, this could go either way here. The best cure that I found for a cold was just getting in the gym, hmm. getting active. Yep. I, I, you know, managed to just, I don't know whether it's just sweating it out of your body or whatever, mm -hmm. um, but it's just like staying active um, staying motivated for that. And actually I, I don't think in the last, how long have I worked here for? I'll be coming up to nearly four years. I've never taken a sick day. Like I, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed to have a pretty strong and healthy immune system. Yeah. But I do believe that that is a result of choices that I've made yeah, sure. to stay active, to stay fit, um, and to, to stay motivated and, and to maintain, um, you know, a certain level of, call it integrity with what I put into my body. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to take you back to 2018. Okay. Uh, you did an interview with David Andrew talking about musical creativity. Yeah. But in it, you said, maintaining creativity is like building strong muscle. Yeah. It takes time, dedication, consistency, and a lot of stretching, breaking, and repairing. That's a great quote. Yeah, it's a great quote. Wow. Yeah, you should use that. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to just touch briefly on each of those six things because I think they all feed into an ecosystem yeah. of, 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 of muscle and strength. So uh, time. Spend time on your fitness. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the big question, isn't it? It's like finding, finding the time. And I think finding the time is what a lot of people will find will be their excuse. Mm. I don't have time for fitness. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but they've got time for Netflix. They've got time for chocolate bars. Yeah. Um, they've got time for social media. Uh, you know, it, I, I think I don't have time is just a, a pathetic excuse, if I, I'm honest. I, I did have a boss once, and if ever we said as employees we didn't have time for something, mm. he just said, get up half an hour earlier. Sure. Uh, now, that's not the answer to everything. Yeah. Uh, but there is something in that which says yeah. you need to create time for some of these practices. Some, yeah, yeah, and you'll create time for what you value. Yeah. Um, if you value time with your kids, you'll create and carve out time yeah. for it. If you if you value time you know, in your Bible, you'll create and, and hopefully you create and carve out time for it. Yeah. Um, so come on, let's keep going. Yeah. Dedication was the next one. Okay. Yeah, it's dedication to a process, isn't it? Because mm. these things are a process. Yep. And And... Like we said before, not dedication to a result, but dedication to yeah. uh, a system. Yeah. And maybe yeah. to other people. Because I think, as you said, when you were mm. going to the barn, yeah. you were doing it as a group. So maybe yeah. maybe there's something around that dedication to the group and the group cause. Yeah, sure. I think what was a real good um, motivator with that is there's a, there's a dedication to your trainer as well. Yeah. Um, like you are going through... A journey with them. You know, you're doing regular check-ins. You're doing regular yeah. updates. So there's a, a certain degree of accountability yeah. with it as well. And so there's that dedication to. Oh, I don't want to let myself down by going off program. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, third one was consistency. Yeah. We've touched on this already, but yeah, I mean, consistency over time is is yeah. the only way to achieve yeah. a result. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we got stretching, breaking, and repairing. I think they almost go together. There's something around mm. elasticity yeah. and taking things sometimes beyond a point when you need to. Yeah. But also giving time for things to repair. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And like that that analogy was to do with muscle building because that is what yeah. building muscle. That is the process of it. Is yeah. it's it's basically a tearing and a repairing mm. um, and, and a growing back stronger than it was before. Yeah. And I've always just found that I've. I've learned to enjoy the challenge um, of seeing what my body is capable of. Mm. Like I'm 36 years old, going to be 37 in March, and I've never been stronger or fitter than what I am now. Yeah. Now, if I had this mindset back when I was 24 years old, I would be in a much different shape yeah. now, right? Yeah. Um, so if I had started 10 years ago, imagine what I would be doing now. A lot of people excuse themselves out of it, especially like when people join a gym in January mm. or they're like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to put that off until mm. such and such a time. Like I'm going to put that off until my next birthday. Mm. I'm going to put that off until, and mm. my, my thing would just be like, just stop putting it off. Mm. Like if you keep putting it off, you will never do it. Talk to me briefly about cardio versus strength. Cause it sounds like we talk a lot about gym. So to me, it kind of speaks to strength sure. unless you're on a, a machine. Um, but I know recently you were involved in a race, which probably, pushed a bit more from a cardio point of view. Yeah. So what's, uh, what, yeah. you know, what, what, what are you saying to the guys, I guess, in that as well? Um, and, and trying to find a balance maybe between those. Sure. I think, yeah, th there's got to be balance. Like my, my personal ambition is to be like what you'd call a hybrid athlete. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be, I don't necessarily want to just be a power lifter or a, a strong man. That's not mm -hmm. my, that's not how I'm framed. That's not how, um, I, de I don't desire to look like a triangle. Um, you know, my, my thing is I want to be able to, you know, stay at a good pace when I'm running. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to break 20 minutes for a 5k. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be able to lift 180 kilograms on a, on yeah. a trap bar deadlift. Yeah. Like, you know, those, yeah. those things are, personal goals and personal, I guess, ambitions in terms of what I'm doing with the racing, um, which is called High Rocks. I did my first High Rocks race back in October 
Um, and we were, I was in the mixed doubles. I did it with one of the female trainers from the gym. And that was my first exposure to, to that world of fitness racing, which a lot of it, like, you know, you're walking around there and there's, you certainly see like the superficial side of the fitness industry, Mm -hmm. but then you also see like the, the real motivational side of it and people doing things for charities and all this different stuff. And for me, that was just a really good testing point to go, well, how, how well can I do in something like this? And what are the things that I can actually get my body to achieve? And so the difference with cardio, like I think it goes hand in hand. I like to mix my week up with a bit of a balance of everything. So I might do a run only once a week and I might do strength training two times a week Mm -hmm. but then at the barn for example the group classes are a mixture of both so you are doing a high intensity zone and then you're doing a resistance zone and you swap between those two and so you're building your strength but you're also building your athletic core I think that that type of training for me has been more beneficial to my daily life than had I just done strength training because I know that like, oh man, if I have to run and catch a bus, like I know I've got the speed to be able to do it. If I want to bike to work from where I live, it's about 14 and a half kilometers one mm-hmm. way. I can now do that journey in less than 35 minutes. But that's a real life application yeah. to fitness, not just getting fit for yeah. looks sake. Yeah. Looks is a byproduct. So this is the thing, like a lot of people think that fitness and health and all this different stuff is is a vain um, mm. endeavor mm. that, oh, I want to just get six pack abs. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't really, I know how much body fat percentage I would have to be to get abs. Mm-hmm. And I also know how much sacrifice of enjoyment I would have to do in order to get it. And so it's actually not that interesting yeah. to me to yeah. actually do that. Yeah. But I know I can get myself to a place that's healthy and I'm not going too far in the low body fat direction yeah. because that's not healthy either. Yeah. Fantastic. So, um, just a couple more questions, really. I did some research on common questions guys ask about exercise and fitness. And interestingly, the vast majority, I would say more than 80 or 90% of the questions that, that guys are interested in refer to food. Mm. <laughs> so should I eat before? Should I eat during? Should I eat after working out? Uh, should I eat protein? Should I eat carbs? Should I take supplements? Mm. Should I have shakes? And then also these kind of fad diets that there are as well. We'll go into sure. some of this next week when we, we talk to a nutritionist. But I'm, I'm kind of interested in you as somebody who obviously eats well, who eats the right things to be able to improve your fitness. So sure. what, what's, what's kind of like a normal eating week without going into every single yeah, meal? Sure. But what, what kind of things do you buy? What yeah. do you stock up on from the right, supermarket? Right, right, right. I think it depends on what kind of phase I'm in as well. Yeah. If, if I was going, I want to be really strict and, and lean out, then I, it would be different to if I was just maintaining. Right. right now, I'm more of in a maintenance period, so I'm not trying to increase, I'm not trying to decrease, I'm just staying pretty steady. Yeah. But I always try and still have a high-protein diet. Mm-hmm. I think the benefits of aiming for a high-protein diet, so eating things, you know, chicken breast and fish, um, certain like lean cheeses and things like that, you feel fuller for longer. And so you're probably less susceptible to want to binge eat and you're less susceptible to reach for the bad things if you feel a sense of fullness. Um, So having having a good amount of protein per kilogram, I think it's like, is it two and a half grams per kilogram of weight? Is it is a good? Yeah, that would be like probably if you were in a training yeah. um, diet. Um, but then carbs, you know, some people have said to me, and and I guess like mistakenly they see me losing weight when I was on that like weight loss phase, and they're like, oh, you're just cutting out carbs. I'm like, no, 
Like that's not the key to weight loss, yeah. cutting out carbs. Like I think restricting carbs and, and maybe like managing what you're actually intaking. I think one of the big key habits that I had to build was tracking. Right. And tracking my calories and tracking my macros. So I had a certain macro target to hit of fats, carbs, and protein. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had a a calorie target to hit. And at the start, that was a really annoying habit because it made my meal prep (laughs) and my dinner times really annoying because, and and it infuriated me. Weighing everything. Yeah, literally. And and she'd be there, like, quite often I make dinner in the house, but when she would do it, it got to this point where it's borderline obsessive. But I'm like, no, you, let me weigh my food. I, I actually don't think you would get the result if you weren't a little bit obsessed about it. Mm-hmm. And, and in a way that's like in a healthy obsession. Now, I don't yeah. track anymore. I was um, going to say, because we just had lunch together. I didn't see you weighing anything <laughs> or counting anything. Uh, I, I don't track anymore because I know intuitively what roughly I should be. I, I should be able to eyeball a plate of food and be like, that's roughly this much. I know I can. And then, you know, when, when you're in things like festive periods or, or, yeah. or birthdays or weekends, um, I know that if I know I have a big event coming up or, or a weekend or, or a celebration where I am probably going to, you know, I might have a drink, I might eat more food than I normally would. Well, I know that in the lead up to that, I can potentially just reduce my intake mm. before that and then reduce my intake after it. Mm-hmm. I don't miss out on enjoying my life and enjoying my my, my choice of celebration, um, but I I manage it. And so it's not a actual, it's not going to offset me from my goal. Yeah. And so going back to your original questions, on a, on a weekly basis, on a weekly shop, we, we buy lots of fruit and vegetables. We, we buy fish, lean mints, chicken breasts, things like that. And you know, we'll still have like you know, a pasta dish. But if I know what I'm going to have in the evening, I'll make sure that my lunch maybe isn't as heavy on the carbs. But every single time I'm trying to have a decent size of protein in that. Great. So we're going to wrap up in a minute, but it's always good to leave our guys with a challenge, you know, mm. some, something for them to take away that they can do every single one like, without exception. Have you got a little challenge you like to put out there at the end of this week's episode? Mm. My challenge would be stop putting it off. You know, and that's not a, that's not a direct kind of go and do this. Reality is probably, you probably know deep down what you need to do. Yep. It might be not eating pizza three times a week yeah. or, or maybe reducing the amount of beer intake. Yeah. That would be my key thing is to stop putting it off. Yeah. Great. So, Byron, thanks for joining us on the podcast and kicking off our health and fitness season. Great to uh, be here. Much of the discussion has been around fitness. And next week, as I said already, we're going to hear from Gaynor van der Burton, who's a Christian nutritional advisor and eating behaviors expert. So, listeners, come back and get some of that. But for this week, Byron, you're a man who embodies the wholeness of mind, body and spirit. And today's given us a great insight into that. So thank you very much. No problems. Good to be here. Thanks a lot. That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger. Stronger.